Welcome back to Honestly Alicia, where you will find stories and conversations that inspire and inform. Today on the podcast, we have Monica Nielsen. Monica helps women breathe one closet at a time. Monica is the founder of Your Style Rehabist. She started her company after realizing how many women experience angst and dread in their closets. As a first-generation purger, she's helped hundreds of women clear their closets and discover or rediscover their style. With compassion and absolutely no judgment, she helps women figure out who they are, how they want to show up in the world, and makes sure their wardrobe reflects that. And as a bonus, they get an organized closet by the time they're done. In this episode, Monica shared some of her best tips for dressing the body that you have today, not the body you want, but the one you have right now. One simple step you can take today to feel more organized in your closet. Why sizing is a joke. Why we all think, is it me or is it the jeans? It's the jeans. That's not you. Also, I want to acknowledge that I'm talking really quietly in the recording in our interview. I think I was just too distracted and listening and trying to absorb what she was saying that I forgot to lean into the mic. So anyway, but no worries. You'll be able to hear her just fine. All right. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. It's so, so exciting. Ex- I'm so excited. Yay. All right. So let's just jump in. How did you get started doing this work? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, I've done it most of my life. Uh, I'm a very efficient uh, organizer and a very efficient shopper, which can be good or bad, but it was always fun. Uh, All throughout my 20s, people are saying, I need X for this. And I'd say, all right, it's a quest. Let's go. So luckily, we lived in an area where you could drive 20 minutes in any direction and hit a mall and and massive shopping is happening. So it it was just, it was the fun of the quest. And then organizing was a great time because, I mean, who doesn't love like clean and organized and everything looking good. And, you know, 10 years of retail, you've got, you know, light to dark, you know, sleeveless to long, and it just makes for a pretty picture. So it it was inherent to my makeup, I think. I think the piece that I was missing in my 20s was the first-generation purger philosophy of, I understand why you're keeping what you're keeping. So before, it was very much slash and burn, like, get it out of here. We don't need this anymore. Uh, And then, of course, with age comes wisdom. And you learn very much that there is a reason why we're keeping what we're keeping. Yes. Which, you know, I want to go into Yeah, let's dig in. (laughs) So then what about how, talk about that first generation purger, because one of my questions that you're already leading into is what, how do you think your family of origin shaped you in such a way that this is part of who you are? Mm, Yeah, that's a good one. So first generation purger very much is my grandmother still with us. She'll be 96 this fall. You know, uh, depression era, farmer stock. Yeah. Like that is how you lived. Yeah. Out of necessity. Then you get to my mother's generation. We had very little money. So um, the fancy word is, I think, under-resourced now. <laughs> Back oh, then Lord. we were just poor. <laughs> and um, so you just didn't have it. 
uh, and then and then you get to my generation, and once once you started, you know, started making a little money, mm-hmm. you started having more choices. Um, I very much equated uh, choice with freedom, and and I was making money at a young age. Mm-hmm. I got my first job at fourteen because I wanted a pair of Levi's. Um, I was in junior high. That's deep, right? Yes, I was in junior high. It was foreshadowing. And fourteen, I said yeah, we can't afford it. We were going to near new shops back then. Yeah. Um, you know, now that it's thrifting is cool and consignment is everywhere. But it was very embarrassing to wear secondhand yes. clothing. Yes. In the eighties, and so um, that was my quest. I'm like, I want a pair of Levi's. My mom said, Well, we can't afford that. Yeah. So I got a job at Baskin Robbins, mm-hmm. and I earned enough money to get Levi's from the army surplus store. And it was a big deal. Like to have that little red tag on your butt was a really big deal for a little, you know, 14 year old. Yeah. It is a big deal. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying grandma kept everything because of depression. Mm -hmm. And then that's how your mom was raised. And so did, did she keep everything? Everything. Every so similar Didn't single solitary thing. When she passed, we were getting rid of check receipts from the seventies, which was kind of fun to see. You mm-hmm. know that our electric bill was only like twenty seven dollars, right? But at the same time, you know, I had spent years saying, "Mama, can we, you know, do something with this?" Or you know, yeah. you're you're so cl- crowded by clutter. Uh, I mean, there's science. There's find a study because they're everywhere on how much decision fatigue and just having so many things around you. Um, Interesting. Think about... Say, yeah, say a little yeah. bit more about that because, I mean, I think I understand, but yeah, can you clarify? I liken it to going into the grocery and trying to buy toothpaste. There is no way we need 57 choices of toothpaste. Agreed. It's overwhelming. Yeah. You, you know, you're like... Uh, I don't even, and everybody's got really good quality adjectives in there. So now you're trying to piece apart what's even in the tooth. You know, it's just, it's too many decisions. When you're in your home and you have just multiple um, rooms with with thousands of choices, you get tired. Hmm. You get really, really tired. And it just feels like it's closing in on you a little bit. Yes. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's books or shoes right. or whatever, yeah, whatever it is. clothes. Right. It can be check stubs from the 70s. From the 70s in a box that I laughed, of course, because I'm yeah. like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Um, why we didn't get rid of this a while ago. Mm-hmm. I bought her a shredder. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite ever make it. Right. So. Oh, yeah. So that does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So do you have a specific mission statement? I mean, I feel like you're saying this is really just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Do you have something that you go back to? Absolutely. I that, help yeah. women breathe one closet at a time. That is that is absolutely. And the hill that I will die on is that we will drop the guilt. We will honor your memories mm-hmm. and we'll get you sorted out and set up. Mm-hmm. Having an organized closet is just, it just naturally happens at the end of us working together. But that's not really what we do. Okay, so then what really what do, really we, do, do? we do? <laughs> we because I have written down in my notes. I was like, is this therapy? Yes. Is this organization? Is it ministry? I think it's all of those. Right? It is all of it. Yeah. It's it's really helping. So walk with me, if you will, right? Let's walk to your closet. I know you're nervous. I know it's the most vulnerable space in yes. your house. You are naked every day trying to get dressed. 
And nine times out of 10, you are looking at things that are from a life you don't have or a body that you're not particularly happy with. So you're beating yourself up every single day uh, for the first 10 minutes at your most vulnerable state. So how do you think that sets you up? God forbid you've got a husband that can't find his keys. Your kids are yelling up the stairs that you forgot to buy bread. They can't make their lunch. You're trying to get dressed. And, And the problem is, is then you just, you grab something because it's good enough. Yeah. And we're so much better than good enough. And we deserve more than good enough. Because when we show up in a way that is more than good enough, then the world benefits. Like we have things to do in this world. Right. And it deserves more than good enough. I don't know why I'm emotional. (laughs) Because it just speaks to one of the things that I feel so deeply about is the people that I interview are bringing a sense of shalom from mm-hmm. chaos. And if you just say, oh, I'm a closet organizer, it doesn't just, it doesn't sound as deep as it is, mm-hmm. but it's deep work. Mm-hmm. And that shalom, and what I mean, you know, is just organization and peace and the way it should be. Like, the opposite of what you're describing, where you stand in there and you're like, it's not a life that I, I don't have clothes for the life I'm living. I don't love my body. You're like everything that you were describing at the beginning, the shalom is the opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's what you take people towards. Absolutely. And I just think that is so deep and it is so beautiful. It's quite possibly the the most rewarding thing and I, I realize that sounds crazy since I've got kids <laughs> which you love you know and I love my children and I love what we've been <laughs> able to do and and I've been I mean the Lord has provided amazing opportunities to walk with them through life yeah, in a way that I homeschool. never yes we're on our 21st year yes which let's just pause well done friend. <laughs> <laughs> we're not quite done we're at the end you're Yes. Ooh, we're going to finish strong. Uh-huh. But but to, to walk a woman from such despair and self-loathing. Yes. There's a, there's a, um, we joke that your closet is where there's unmet expectations and blocked goals and all of these things. You can make it really pithy, but so many of my clients, it's, it's this self-loathing yeah. because they attach so much to a piece of cloth. Yes. And that's what we try to get. It's just a piece of cloth. We can let it do the heavy lifting and and get us to a place where we need to be, or we can let it completely dictate to us, to taunt us, to um, put us in a place where uh, delayed, you know, delayed happiness. I'll, I'll buy new X when I get X. Right. Uh, and it's just you're or when you're, I lose. Oh well, X. exactly. Yeah. When I lose ten pounds, mm-hmm. I'm going to get new jeans. So right now you're squeezing into clothing that reminds you on a minute by minute basis yeah. that by second, you're right? not worth yeah. spending thirty eight dollars on a new pair of pants. Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive. Right. Uh, which is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but I know because I did, I did that, and I and I and I regretted so much because when I finally drew the line in the sand and I said, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing? I know better." Yeah, I was wearing clothing that was too small to remind myself not to eat. Yeah, who does that in her mid forties? Many, 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 many of us. Absolutely, and it's ridiculous yeah. because it's it's not motivating. 
Um, it's destructive. I'm, I'm grateful that the Lord stopped that from becoming a full-blown eating disorder for a pair of pants. Right. That you can find. That I could get a size bigger, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're not even going to talk about, you know, manufacturers manipulating sizes and they don't even mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Right now I've got a 10 all the way up to a 16 in my closet that wear me right this second. Okay. No, we are going to talk about it. Oh, okay. Let's talk about it. I feel like, like, so I, John and I went and did something and we were out of town. I didn't pack right. So I needed to buy a pair of pants. I bought them and it's a normal size I buy. And then they are so tight Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, is it me? Mm-hmm. Right? It, but it's I know always. it's not me because I've spent time with you. Yes. And you're in my head. Yes. And yes. But yeah, so that's legitimate. So it's not us. We're not crazy. Right. Absolutely not. The vanity sizing that came about about 15 years ago is a completely different subject, but sizing started in the 1950s um, based on an hourglass figure. Uh, and okay. So that's only 30% of the world. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then it's, it's just, it's arbitrary numbers. I don't know if you've seen that meme that has six pairs of jeans stacked up. They're all the same size and there's a difference of six inches between the smallest and the largest, but they're all labeled the same size. No way. Right. So that's the frustration that happens with shopping. We are just like, forget it. It's not the clothes. It's me. It's always me. Yeah. And, and that would be an interesting sociology <laughs> experiment or, or, you know, long-term study on right. why we always blame ourselves. It's just me. And here's the worst part is it's, we don't stop there. We say, oh, I should have gotten to the gym yesterday. Yeah. Why did I go out with my friends last night? Why can't I just have discipline I to so eat the salad? All the way to All that. of it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, a, it's just a piece of cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Just find a size that fits you. But you got to go in that with, with, or you've got to go in with that mentality. You can't just, you can't rush shopping, especially when you're just starting out. Okay. Yeah. You, you can't be hungry. Right. You, you gotta, can't have little kids. Like optimal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't have the little people with you. Right. Um, and grab a friend Yeah. or grab me, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, here's the deal. You, your jeans, your bras, your swimsuits, the really, really hard things I mean, come on, we got to try 10 or 15 different styles. That wears on anybody. And especially if you're feeling kind of fragile, and I'm not even talking about hungry or tired, but just like you're feeling a little bit vulnerable about your Mm -hmm. body, what your body's looking like, that by the time you get to pair three or four, you think, well, it is me. Right. You know, so... How do you help people move through that? Do you just, I guess maybe it's just a reminder of the truth. It's not. It's absolutely a reminder. It's a reminder. It's setting yourself up. It's knowing like, I can't shop in that store. It does not make clothes for my body. Right? Mm-hmm. So a little self-awareness on, on your measurements. You're actually, your body architecture, you know, rounded shoulders, square shoulders, hourglass, triangle, you know, whatever it is. I know there's a ton of resources out there. But really, it's where your seeming falls, the things that are going to fit you best. And that's the only thing you look for. Hmm. I tried on a shirt last week, and I knew. I knew better. It was a really high neck. It was such a beautiful color. I'm like, oh, I can make it work. This time. This, this time. time. <laughs> this 
this time. Even though it goes against everything. Everything you know I teach. Works for your body. And you're like, but maybe. This maybe time. I can get away with it because I'll wear a jacket over it. You know, you're already justifying a purchase that I knew I wouldn't wear. And I tried it on and I laughed. It looked ridiculous on me. <laughs> and I put it on and I thought, if I do this every day. Yeah. Right. I know that it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm. I know that I cannot buy it and be okay. Some people, though, get hung up on, well, it's on sale. And I just need it. Yeah. I just need one more top. I just, yeah. you're looking for the shiny thing. You're mm-hmm. already frustrated. You're just going to grab it's it. It's good enough. And we're back to it's good enough. Yes. Which, tell me, I have you in my head mm-hmm. when I'm shopping now. Yes. And, yeah, what would you say when... You're kind of like, I think it'll be okay. What do you tell your clients and what do you say to yourself? Mm, Your face never lies. Ooh, I love that. So when you look at yourself in the mirror and you put something next to you, whether it's in your closet or in a store, if your face lights up and you go, I love this color, I love this pattern, I love this style, then there you go. If your face gets scrunchy, and when I say scrunchy, I say your nose gets kind of, you know, you're like, no. You know, if you hear that in your head going, well, then you're not going to wear it. Maybe it'll be all right. I could make it work. Nine times out of 10, you're not because it's going to be too fussy. It's the same thing. Like if you're looking in the mirror and you're pulling at the bottom, you're adjusting the top, you're fixing the, you know, whatever it is, if you're poking and pulling and prodding, that doesn't get better throughout the day. It only makes it worse. Right. So as you are trying to be a world changer to whoever. Right. And your clothes are getting in the way because you're annoyed. <laughs> All you're thinking about is, is this too low? Am I showing off? Why is the sleep? You're not thinking about the kiddos that you're investing your life in. Right. Your family that you've got to take care of. Your workplace that you are are trying to make a difference in. Yeah. You're not thinking about any of that because you're trying to figure out if you're bending over, your all your bits are falling out. <laughs> Little bits. <laughs> or big bits. Or big bits. All the bits. So Keep the bits tucked keep in. Keep them all tucked in. You can't do your job, whatever that job is, yeah. if you're constantly pulling at your clothing. Yeah. It's just a distraction. Yes. And when you were talking about how we go to self-loathing, I just think about how much victory the enemy and evil has had in this area of body image mm. and clothing, you know, and just how I just feel like Satan can run rampant, you know, and all it is could be like, you know, all it could be is the third pair of jeans. And like you said, all of a sudden it's me. I'm lazy. Why mm-hmm. did I do that? Why didn't I work out? And I just feel like evil wins in that. Absolutely. And I love that. Your career, your job, what you do is putting a stop to that Mm -hmm. and just speaking truth and life to people and giving them tools. When you came and did my closet, what I've taken from it, I mean, many things, but one of the ones was that I get irritated by floppy things. I Mm -hmm. didn't know that because they look so cute. But you know what? I have too many things going on. Too many animals, too many children, <laughs> too many moving parts. Right. I can't handle floppy sleeves, floppy bits on a cardigan, mm-hmm. whatever. And that was just such a huge thing. So now when I see something, I think that is so beautiful. It will irritate me and it will get in the way. Exactly. And so either I'll just 
each time I go to grab it, I'll think, I don't know. But now it's at my the forefront of my mind and I understand. Mm-hmm. And it seems like such a small thing, but it really has made a big difference. It has because it's not... It's not a huge thing, you're right, but it's a pebble in your shoe. Exactly. It's enough yes. of an irritation. I have enough pebbles. I don't exactly. need another one. You know, especially when you can choose differently very quickly. Yeah. But it's that it's that slow irritation. Yeah. And again, it keeps us from doing what we're made to do. Right. It just kind of gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Slows us down, Absolutely. distracts us. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So talk a little bit about why you think, why is it so hard for us to let go of a piece of our clothing that we know we aren't wearing? Mm. So I think there's two categories that I think we could break it into. One would be perhaps things that have been given to us that we have like nostalgia Mm -hmm. about, maybe from our aunts or our grandmas or something where we're kind of like, oh, maybe I could wear it. The other category would be, I think, like what you spoke to, where it is a lifestyle that we don't have anymore. Right. Why can't we just be honest that I'm not going to fit in grandma's whatever? I'm not going to wear that. Would you touch on both of those? The what you do with the special things that you're not sure, and how do you decide when to get rid of it? And then the how do we move through the feelings about? That's not really reflecting my lifestyle. I don't know. So. Yeah. No, there's there's a couple of different lanes that we could go down here. I always say that um, guilt, right, makes you feel bad. Memories make you feel happy, right? So okay. if you have, if you have something in your closet, an old college sweatshirt, and every time you see it, you smile and you say, ah, oh, such good times. Yeah. Or I met my husband there or, you know, whatever it is, um, you need to pull that out of your closet because every time you touch it and you say, no, I can't wear that, your brain only hears no. So the more often that you're digging through things and you say, no, 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 no. Even if they are special. Even if they're special, even if you, and I'm talking like your grubby clothes to do the car wash and the, and the yard work with. That need it, those don't need to be in your in your getting ready clothes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even yeah. those things, it's it's a no because mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear my grubby paint clothes. Yeah. To, to work even to the store. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's still a no. So it needs to be out in a different section. But it's this this beautiful memory. We're going to pull it out. We're going to fold it up. It's going to sit up high on a shelf. We're going to treat it like a piece of art, like memorabilia. Mm-hmm. So that when you walk into your closet and you see it, you can go, oh, and you can smile yeah. and then you can get to business getting dressed. Right. And only digging through the things that are possibilities that work for the life you have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I am a very strong proponent of honoring memories. Um, I think the thing that is the hardest for us is to pull apart this um, guilt over a life we don't have. Uh, because some of us haven't reconciled that yet. So say more about that. So it is really hard if you have gone from being in the business world and you get um, instant gratification. <laughs> you get a lot of people around you, you get instant feedback on what you're doing and how you're making a difference. And now you've got three kids under seven. And now you're in the long game. And part of you says, Oh my gosh, I just want to go back to work. 
where I could be appreciated today instead of in 10 years. I've had clients that have, when we walk through a workbook together, they say, I keep buying for life I don't have. Why do I keep buying all these things to go to lunch with my girlfriends when I don't go to lunch with my girlfriends? I got two babies, you know, and that's okay. Do you think some of it is just grief work that needs to be done? Absolutely. And it's it's knowing that that it's, but it's also an and, I know, always gets in the way. But it's also, you can be that mom and be the woman you used to be. Mm -hmm. I think we want to always say, well, this is who I am now. And that's why I have a problem with uh, a a style philosophy that says, you are this style. Well, what if I don't want to be that style? (laughs) What if I want to be kind of sexy and flirty with my husband? Uh, But what if I need to be really powerful to show up at a Chamber of Commerce speaking event? You know, I am so many different types of people. And I love to express them in different types of clothing. So I'm going to have almost mini wardrobes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's giving yourself permission to be lots of different people. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the booklet? Yes. So when my clients, when we work together, you get 15 pages. There's a little bit of homework, as you know. Um, but we really are going to look at the life you live. We're going to look at word associations. There's a lot of times where you are in transition. You're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a fun place to be because then you get to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And the word associations are just like what we were talking about. Yes. So sexy, flirty, sporty, all right. a whole bunch. There's Yeah, there's probably 20 of them. And anything that really speaks to you about this is how I want to show up. Mm-hmm. Because what we're doing, remember, is we're taking who you are, the life you live, and making sure that your clothing reflects that. That's all we're doing. Yeah. So let's find out a little bit more about that. And then we're looking at everybody talks about what they like. That's fantastic. I really want to dig into what you don't like. Because that's where we stop the purge shop, purge shop cycle. And people who are really good purgers don't make really good shoppers. Which I was so excited. Yes. I'm like, I'm going to be the best client. And you're, because I love to get rid of things yes. and it's not a problem for me. And you're like, well. Which is great yes. until, but if you keep making the same yes, shopping mistakes totally. with your floppy cardigans. With the floppy, far- <laughs> with the floppy cardigan. Exactly. You'll continue to, and again, I got I got that depression era grandma in me. I'm yeah. not your boss and I'm not your mom, but it's so wasteful. It's wasteful. We're not being good stewards of our money. Right. We're not good being good stewards of our uh, environment. We're not honoring the hands of the people who made these yes. products. Um, you know, we're not going to talk about fast fashion. That's another TED talk. Yeah. But <laughs> like, let's let's be thoughtful in how we shop. Yeah. And the only way that we can do that is to be looking in a very strategic way on what we don't like and why it's still sitting there. So let's figure out, you know, uh, do you keep buying tops that have a structured seam and you like things a little flowier? Yeah. You know, so we're even getting into the details of seaming, where it hits you on your body, why things look different. Yes, yes. If 10 dresses don't look good on you, you're not going to say, oh, that was the wrong seaming. What is your best advice regarding dressing the body you have right now. Give us just some inspiration for dressing <laughs> who we are at this moment. At this very moment. And it's moment. so hard to think, okay, let's say somebody's gained weight, but you don't want to spend money 
on that body because you're trying to not have that body. So right. how do we move through that? Right. Well, so when we're in your closet, we're going to sort out the things that don't fit you right this second. We're going to get them out of your visible space. So I am not here to tell you what your goals are. So, but you do have to get it out in your visual space because okay. all it's doing is mocking you yes. because it doesn't fit right now. So you will micromanage everything about your own body because something doesn't fit. So let's just get it out of the way. Let's just give you choices. First of all, I think we're Americans. We love to have closets full of clothes. Statistically, you wear 23% of them. So I can guarantee you mm -hmm. that you can find three or four pieces that fit you right now this second um, and, and not have to break the bank. I mean, you could throw a rock and hit a consignment store. I mean, right, right now, Goodwill's like all the rage, yeah. Right? Yeah. which is fantastic. You can go online, you can go to Poshmark and thread up. There's all these different ways where you can sort and say, these are the jeans that I love. I'm going to look for them in a size bigger. I can get them for a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. Is that what those other... Poshmark yes, Poshmark and ThreadUp. On ads, but I never stopped to oh, read. Oh, they're amazing. Um, you can resale? Get, yep, they're all secondhand resale. Okay. And 90% of the things I feel like have uh, tags that are still on them. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. So there are opportunities to shop at very, very low cost for quality items. I'm not talking fast fashion, mm -hmm. but to be able to tide you over. And I know it can be done because I've done it. Mm -hmm. I wore two pairs of pants all one winter because I said, this is it. I will allow myself. Unfortunately, I still had some baggage. I said, I will allow myself two pairs of pants that fit. So jacked up. Right. Because what would you say now? Oh, I'm going to buy pants that fit. <laughs> Good God. Like here we Not are. Not just two. Not just two. Because at the end of the day and, and, the, and the process that I've gone through in the last eight or nine years with all of these health challenges sitting on 50 pounds that have not gone anywhere um, due to medical reasons, right? And, and, and beating myself up over not being good enough or disciplined enough to do something about it, swinging the other way, being in such despair, like, screw it, I don't care. It doesn't matter anyway. Right. Right. It's just going to get Whatever. bigger and bigger. But I know that if I can show up mm -hmm. and have a blouse that I love in a color that looks beautiful on me, then I can still do the things that I need to do. Right. It's not taking you out. Yes. And sidelining you. Completely. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Would you give us a real short, we won't get into it, but a short definition of fast fashion? Fast fashion. Um, well, I'll give you an example. If a shirt costs $5, um, the company is going to make their money. Mm -hmm. So who do you think gets the short end of the stick there? It's the people who made it. So when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of garment workers in other countries who get paid by the piece, it is really no different than the 1800s here with, with anything that you study in uh, garment manufacturing. Like it's no different. They get paid by the piece. So they're working morning, noon, and night for very little money. Because if the $5 shirt, that manufacturer, I mean, these numbers... I'm just throwing out there, yeah. but statistically, these people are making a dollar a garment. So that's not honoring the hands that are making your garment. Right. Especially that the, the manufacturer is going to cut costs by making cheap fabric. Right. And so fast fashion is really meant to last a season. Okay. Well, then where does it go? 
In a landfill. In a landfill. Or it gets sold by the pound to third world countries to completely destabilize their whole entire industry. So once again, America's swooping in mm -hmm. to quote, save the day and Send we're screwing up the rest of the world, right? You can look at all these kids in pictures from all over the world. Yes. How do you think they got, you know, Iron Man t-shirts right. and old Navy, um, 4th of July tank tops. Yes. Right. 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 So what happens to the men and women in that town that used to hand make garments? Right. They're out of business. They're out of business. Because we're shipping our leftovers there. Absolutely. Yeah. So if it's not rotting in the ground, mm -hmm. it's destroying other countries. Mm. Ooh, Ooh, sorry. No, I love it because it's it's true. But if you don't know, you don't know. Absolutely. And, and you are exactly right. And when we know better, we do better. Yeah. Right? So just educate yourself a little bit about it. There's a really great um, website. EWG is Environmental Working Group. We'll put the link in. Um, there's really great websites where you can figure out where your clothing is being made and whether or not the manufacturers are being held accountable. What is one small step anyone could take today to move away from the chaotic closet and just <laughs> a little bit closer towards peace peace <laughs> ah. so i primarily talk to my audience through instagram so i'm on there three or four times a week and i will always say grab two things right now that you're not wearing but before you put them in the bin to give away and we'll talk about donating thoughtfully in a second write down why you're not wearing it oh, again that's so that's, yeah. that's the thoughtful um intentional consumer yes, that you want to become otherwise you'll just you'll buy it again You'll absolutely buy it again. When I talk about giving thoughtfully, this is um, another hill that I will die on. There are organizations in our community, in every community, that has boots on the ground that make a much bigger impact than any big box donation store will. Okay. So with my clients, I will actually take with me the things that you are ready to get rid of. And the beauty of that is that helps a little bit of that um, sandpaper feeling you have about, I spent so much money on this. Yeah. I can't, I can't let it Especially go. Especially those nicer pieces. The nicer pieces. Mm -hmm. Isn't it a beautiful opportunity to give those nicer pieces to dress for success? Mm -hmm. So you can enable another woman to enter the workforce and change her life with something that was frustrating you anyway. So donating thoughtfully, getting it into the hands of people that need it immediately will either be uh, a dress for success. Um, there's assistance leagues in almost every town. Uh, again, Google is your friend. Google donations and start looking at where they go that isn't a big box donation store. Most of them are thrift stores that are beautiful because then they get to resell your items, but all that money funds several of their nonprofits. I love that. So yeah. people can either get things for free or heavily discounted, mm -hmm. right? You get a tax deduction, everybody yeah. wins. Hopefully you feel good about it. Yeah. Because again, what was frustrating you gets to be a blessing to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's better than that? I know. I feel like it brings it full circle. Yes. Because it's not just uh, giving it, but it's like this could make a difference in somebody's life. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you? You already mentioned Instagram. Yes. I have a website as well. Yes, I do. Okay. So I'm on an Instagram at style closet coach. Okay. And we'll put that, these links in the, in the notes. notes and then your style rehabist. So it's R-E-H-A-B-I-S-T dot com. Okay. And then those are all the ways to sort of figure out a little bit more of who I'm about, how I work with you. Yeah. And um, yeah, let's just start a conversation. I love figuring out what the biggest frustrations 
with women are because sometimes it can be a quick fix. I've helped hundreds of women on Instagram and we've never been clients, but they say, oh, you said that one thing and I did it and I feel so much better. Well, and that's why, and I'm always <laughs> commenting on your Instagram posts because like now you're in my head. Mm -hmm. And so you'll say something and it just resonates with me. And then if I'm getting dressed or if I'm shopping, I'm like, there's Monica telling me wisdom. <gasps> I'm better than good enough. Uh -huh. Yes. I love it so much. Exactly. Yeah, so I would encourage anybody go to her Instagram account, especially, and just, yeah, like if you are following her, there will be things that resonate with you that are going to stick in your brain that are going to help you make better choices. Absolutely. And just be happier <laughs> and be able to do the things that you were put on this earth to do. Absolutely. I love that. It's so good. Well, and in the link in my bio is also a 10 questions to ask in your closet. So it's a little freebie that will kind of walk you through some things. Again, grab the two things and then tomorrow grab two more. Right. 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 And, and maybe I'm take a hard look at those shoes that really, really, really hurt your feet. <laughs> but they're so cute. They're so beautiful. So you can, it's funny. Now, most people in my industry would tell you to chuck them. I will say there is a place for two to four hour shoes. I have a few. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then there's a place for your four to six hour shoes and then your all day long yes. shoes. Yes. So you don't have to just throw it because mm -hmm. you're not wearing it for the majority of your life. Thank you so much. Oh, it was such a joy. I yes. love spending time with you. I know. I appreciate it. Thanks. It's time for a segment called What is Happening? So Monica, let's hear your story about what is happening. What is happening? Um, you, I'm shocked at how you can go into parenting thinking you're going to be a certain way. <laughs> and clearly you've read some books, so you're going to do it right. Yes. And your kid's going to have the script, so they're going to say the right things back. Yes. And, and you're going to lay down this foundation of, of, of beauty and love and service. And then um, I just would keep thinking back to these pivotal points that... Uh, our firstborn was complaining. He was about six and he was complaining that there was no ice. Mm. It was, oh no, he was flat out like, <laughs> I cannot believe we don't have ice. Mm -hmm. Like really, really upset about it. And for whatever reason, I flipped out like, oh, enough of this. We're reading Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> you are going to learn what it's really like to not have ice. <laughs> You're going to have to share five kernels of corn with your family all winter. You know, like... <laughs> Did you read of the long winter? Oh, oh no, we went through all of all seven oh, of them. Because the long winter it is it's, exhausting. It is. So I was just afterwards, my husband just said, Oh my gosh, like you went from zero to sixty fast. About, ice cubes. about some ice. Like, see, he I felt like he was being so ungrateful about this ice. And um I'm sure there's a story from my past in there. Maybe ice mm -hmm. was a trigger word that I haven't figured yeah. out, but we could really dig in there. <laughs> I just knew. Family of origin stuff. Yes. I just knew that he was going to um, broaden his horizons mm -hmm. and how ice was no big deal. And then yes. and then you, you get into our second one that was probably, you know, there's eight years difference. So we're in a different space. We were living in the city at the time. Uh, and she was playing with a little nativity set. And, hi, here's a little ice man. And we're going to walk over here. And, you know, how they play. And yeah. um, 
So I'm trying to, of course, like move it back to the biblical, beautiful biblical principles and I said, I know. And then the wise men and, and she's like, I know they like sushi. I'm like, oh, no, they <laughs> really do. They like so sushi. you remember hummus and, you know, pita and, and she's like, mom, they eat sushi. And then they're going to go to the Ritz and spend the night. And I just looked at my husband and I said, that's it. We're staying at a Motel 6 next time because my kid doesn't know anything other than sushi and the Ritz because my husband had an expense account. We were traveling yes, with him. They're like, this is what a hotel is like. This is, what, this is how it works. Oh we're going to go to Philly and we're going to have sushi and stay at the Ritz. So that was a pretty... <laughs> luckily, Tim stopped me from staying at a Motel 6 the next time we traveled mm -hmm. um, to prove a point. But it's it's funny, but it really makes me realize the lens in which we live our life is how we see our life. Mm -hmm. And it was a really lovely way to realize we could course correct a little bit. But she really didn't know any different. I mean, you're staying at a business. It's like the business is paying for Right, it. absolutely. It's Everybody stayed at the way. <laughs> But you're like, this is not how it is. But then I immediately think, I remember quite vividly the taste of government cheese and peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Government peanut butter is really gross, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, it's really granular and, and horribly oily. Yeah. And so immediately I thought, this girl needs to government. learn what it's like. Government peanut butter. Exactly. We're and, and no ice. <laughs> no ice. <laughs> and bad cheese. Um so it's it's funny how your own insecurities in life pop up. Yeah. But our sweet kids just are living their lives. Yeah. Just asking for ice. Asking for ice. <laughs> Sushi And all I could think of is what is happening? What am I doing wrong? Yes. Right? Right. But so, you weren't. Uh, we weren't. They're good. Kids. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Thanks, friend. Thank you. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please share it with others or take a minute to give it some stars. This will help others to find the show and experience encouraging, life-giving, authentic conversations that remind them they are not alone in navigating this crazy world. Thanks for spending your valuable time listening in. Honestly, Alicia.